Welcome to this abbreviated worship service provided by St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais and Kankakee. I'm Pastor Carl Copen. I'll be leading today's service. You will hear some scripture readings, a sermon, the Lord's Prayer, and the benediction. But before that, a word of announcement. We at St. Paul's have resumed our regular in-person worship schedule with social distancing practices in place. Meeting at our downtown Kankakee location on Saturday nights at 5 p.m. and at our Bourbon A site and on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11.05 a.m. Right now we're continuing this radio service since we know that not all people are ready uh, to return to regular worship in person yet. So today's service is a rebroadcast of last weekend's worship service. If you wish to find that service or more of our services, you can visit our webpage, stpaulslutheran.net, click worship on the menu, and keep up with us on our Facebook page for more information of any changes that may become necessary. We pray that you are blessed by the Lord's words this day. In our scripture readings today, we hear this theme, as I mentioned at the beginning, this idea of love one another. Uh, and, and so John, in his first letter, chapter 4, verse 7, he writes, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel reading, Gospel according to St. John, the 13th chapter, Glory to you, O Lord. And here, this, uh, the setting of this is the, the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. And Jesus sharing this new command with his disciples that John sort of expands upon in his reading. And John tells us it was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. 
The evening meal was being served and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his own clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must also love one another. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Text for our sermon today comes from the two readings that we've just heard. Let us pray. O Lord, fill us with your love, a love that will fill us and flow through us to others. Help us to love one another as you have loved us. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Love. Love is. Some children were asked uh, what they thought love is, and here are some of their responses. Love is like this. When my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over to put her shoes on anymore, so my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. Or love is when my mom goes with my dad in his boat, even though she knows she will get seasick. Or love is when your puppy licks your face and you don't care, even though they've been eating something that really smells. (laughs) Or love is my dad getting up in the middle of the night to change my sheets after I've thrown up everywhere. God, or another one said, God could have said magic words to make the nails fall off the cross, but he didn't because he loves us. It's interesting to note that these children really didn't talk about some kind of fuzzy feeling one person has towards one another, but rather focus on what love does. Because of love, one person will do, uh, will act uh, in some amazing way, yet often simple things that are very helpful and meaningful. Love is a word that describes a relationship between two people. But it's more than that, isn't it? Love involves actions and words that demonstrate to that other person that they are special. On Mother's Day, the words, I love you, Mom, are important, or I love you, Dad, on Father's Day. But those words are often hollow if they're not followed up by actions 
motivated by the love that's just been expressed. When the Apostle Paul talks about love in his famous words to the Corinthians, he, he doesn't necessarily describe a feeling, the warm feeling that being close to a, a person gives us. But instead, he gets to the heart of what love is by describing what love does and what love does not. And he says love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or rude or proud. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. It, it keeps no record of wrongs when it's been wronged. Love endures through all different kinds of circumstances and it love never gives up. Now, we've heard those enough. Uh, we know those words by heart. They can roll off our tongue so easily. But they're very difficult to put into action, to put into practice, aren't they? When a person is really aggravating, when they're selfish and inconsiderate, Paul says love dictates that we are to be patient, kind, never rude or irritable. That we should leave no stone unturned to be friends again with that person. And in this kind of situation, regardless of the injury caused to us, love demands a certain action on our part. When we're trying to deal with a breakdown in a relationship with another person, it's not a time for feelings to take control because more than likely, feelings are just going to want to get back at the other person. We want to justify our own wrong. We want to accuse. We want to condemn the other person. We get upset and say things that are unkind. But instead of that, God's children, for us, it's a time for the kind of love that only wants peace and harmony. The kind of love that's willing to forgive past hurts. A love that's willing to reach out in friendship. But this whole idea of love one another, that's a far cry from where we are at today, isn't it? From all the crises of the year 2020 to the struggles in our own families and relationships, some of which are related to the crises of 2020, we really don't have a whole lot of room to love one another, do we? Do we love one another? When we treat people differently because of the, the color of their skin or the language that they speak? Do we love one another when we demean and demonize a group of people for the actions of a few? Do we love one another when we demean and demonize, say, all law enforcement for the actions of a few? Do we love one another when we look down on or ridicule someone else simply because they've got a different political view than ours? Do we love one another when we decide to rebuke someone because they think differently, say about the COVID virus or gathering together or the wearing of masks? Do we love one another? When we so easily talk to everyone else out in the world and in our, in our, in our sphere of, of influence, rather than to the person with whom we have a problem? Do we love one another when we refuse to listen to someone else simply because our mind is already made up? Do we love one another when we show no care for someone else because 
Maybe they're on the other side of an issue than us. Do we love one another when we decide to cast aside a decade of friendship because no one really wants to admit that they're wrong or even want to listen to the other person? Now, before you you start making a a list of people who, who need to hear this message while you ignore it, or before you put me on your list, before you say, but pastor, you don't know what they did, you don't know what they said, you don't know what they're like, no, I don't. But the scriptures really don't give us an out. John doesn't say, love one another just like they love you. He doesn't say, love one another if you really like them. He doesn't say, love one another if they see things your way. Now, it's, it's not easy to think about, is it? Uh, don't think of pointing to someone else who's erred without really looking in the mirror yourself. Because if you're really honest, you can probably see yourself in all of those examples. I know that I can. And I know that that grieves God. So this message is for you. And this message is for me. Love one another. John wrote in his first letter, Dear friends, let us love one another because love comes from God. Whoever loves is a child of God and knows God. Whoever whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. To those who hold the idea that sort of what goes around comes around, that kind of love is not very logical. Demonstrates maybe weakness in a person. But what the Bible says is so different to worldly thinking. Love controls our words. Love controls our actions. This is the kind of love that John's referring to. When he talked about the undeserved love that God has shown to us in verse 10, he says, this is what love is. It is not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the means by which our sins are forgiven. You see, the Bible is quite clear. There's no doubt about God's patience with us. His love will always follow us no matter what. No matter how terrible we have been or how much we ignored his love for us. His love is there to support us, always encouraging, especially when things aren't going right. His love involves a sacrifice. Jesus giving up his own life on the cross for you and for me to forgive. To forgive and to make it possible for us to be friends again with God. His love gives us hope that when our journey is finished here, that we have life in heaven and life in the presence of Jesus for all eternity. His love means a never-ending supply of forgiveness to all those who know Jesus as Lord and Savior and King. On September 18, 1982, the, the government released uh, results of uh, this a sad investigation, a report about a soldier, Private First Class Joseph White, stationed in Korea. He defected to the communists, to the North Koreans. And according to the investigation on August 28, 1982, this 20-year-old private willingly, willingly crossed the Korean demilitarized zone into North Korea from motives that are not known. 
his fellow American soldiers and even the chaplain pleaded with him to turn around and come back, but he did not respond. The day after the findings were released, the parents of this young man held a, a press conference on the lawn of their home and, and the father, sort of wiping tears from his eyes, said that they had accepted the fact that their son was indeed a defector. And he said, my son has lost all credibility in this country and, and even with me. But then he showed the heart of a father when he said, but I still love my son and I want him back. You see, that's exactly the kind of loving heart that our Heavenly Father has for you and me. In fact, I don't think we can really fully grasp what God's love is really like. I mean, Almighty God, the Lord of heaven and earth, the creator of the universe, our creator, loves us so powerfully that he will stop at nothing to restore our relationship with him. His love is such that he would even let Jesus, God himself, be subject to the sinfulness of humanity and die for us on a cross. That God would do all of this for you and for me is absolutely amazing. Even though we've heard our Heavenly Father every time we commit a sin, he still says, like that father, I love you and I want you back. Jesus died for all the times that we have failed to love one another. He died to give us a fresh start by taking all of our sins on himself, making us his own people. So God wants us to be the kind of people that he created us to be, people who will go to any length to show that love, to show that love toward others in the same way Jesus gave up everything for us. You know, I think we know that deep down, our love for one another is really far from perfect. In spite of our good intentions, we tend to end up in a mess. But it's even in those moments, God's love for you and me is not lessened one single bit. His love for others, his love for us, took him to a messy cross to suffer and die. He em embraces us, he loves us, he forgives us, he encourages us. He wants his love in us to change our lives. He helps us through the power of his Holy Spirit to put on love each day. John goes on in his letter in, in verse 11 and verse 21. He says, uh, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And, and a little bit later, he says, the command that Christ has given us is this. Whoever loves God must love others also. And Jesus himself in the gospel reading reminds us, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. What could be clearer than that? Receiving God's love places you and me, places in, on, on you and me the, the responsibility to, to share that same love. I mean, it's a call to obedience here. A call to follow God's ways, a call to live life as people who have been saved and called, redeemed, adopted, and sent out. There's nothing to suggest showing that this love, that showing this love is optional. Or it's the kind of thing that you do when it suits you. Or when you feel close to the person. Or when the other person is kind to you. 
John says, whoever loves God must love others also. No ifs, ands, or buts. No room for asking first, well, what have they done for me? Right? To put it bluntly, this isn't a feel-good kind of love. The kind of love that appeals to our emotions and feelings. The kind of love that Jesus is talking about is a very practical kind of love. It's a, it's a sacrificial love. The kind of love that doesn't ask what the cost is. It's a love that doesn't rely on friendly feelings toward others. It's the kind of love Jesus has for you and me. Nothing likable or friendly about those who nailed him to the cross, and yet he could still look at them with nothing but love and forgiveness, saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We all know too well this kind of love is difficult, if not seemingly impossible. We mess up daily in our attempts to be kind and caring and understanding and compassionate. We feel bad that our love has been selective and showing love only toward those who've been kind to us. We feel bad that this God love, God kind of love is, is thrown to the side when we need to make a, a point uh, if we disagree with someone else. Lack of love is somehow justified. We feel bad that there have been limits on just how much we will do for someone else. We realize that our love for one another is often a result of whether we like them or not. We care only for those who care for us. You know, social media is a, it's a wonderful place for our sinful nature, isn't it? Shining the sins and missteps of others with abandon. And so we so easily step aside from Jesus' command to love one another. We feel bad that our love that has not been the controlling force that guides our relationships and the restoring of those relationships when they go off track. And what makes us feel even worse is when we hear Jesus say, love one another as I have loved you. Well, if that mirror of God's word is making you sort of shift in your seat right now, that's the precise reason Jesus died on the cross. To free you and to lead you to love one another. As we worship, we are reminded of that love. And so the, and, and that we are so to share that love. We begin our worship services how? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That same phrase used to announce your forgiveness by Jesus Christ. But it's also a reminder that when we were baptized... That, that nothing great, nothing was great in us. But it is solely the love, the, the love of God there, reaching out to us through water and the word to claim us as his own. Today, we, we come to the Lord's table. At his table, he reminds us that, that even though we failed, that we're still his dearly loved children. And so we receive wonderful gifts. Our faith is strengthened. Our sins are forgiven. We're united with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're loved by our Father, and He is present with us. We're washed in baptism. We're fed and nourished in the supper. We're blessed by the Lord's presence and worship. And He does all of this to you, for you, and in you, so that you may love one another.
Imagine what our world would be like if we lived a life like that. Even though we find it hard to love as he commanded, God doesn't give up on us. With the love of Jesus in our lives, we go out of this place today determined that, th that this love, his love, in us and through us, will make a difference as we go out and love one another. We are his children. Let us love one another as he has loved us. Amen. And now, may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. O Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Go with God's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thanks again for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. During this time of sheltering in place, you can continue to hear us here on WKAN Radio, but you can also hear us online for our worship services at our website. Go to stpaulslutheran.net, click Worship on the menu, and we pray that God's blessings would be with you this day. Amen.